It doesn't matter what certification that you came from. Chances are when you first start training, you're just not very good at first sessions, closing clients. And with all the stats that are out there about personal trainer turnover being in the 90% or higher every year of trainers who get in and out of the industry in the first, you know, 6, 12, 18 months, I'm going to bet that this might be one of the most impactful things that you could focus on as a new personal trainer, getting better at what you do with clients in the very beginning. And I say that if I could go back and reteach myself some things in those first couple of years of working with clients, it would be on this topic. So what I want to do in this video is I want to share with you guys, very simple. These days after working with clients, I'm always looking for simple, simple, simple solutions. And so what I want to do is I want to share with you guys what I call my three-step framework or this first session framework to better understand how to approach first sessions in a way that's flexible because I know if you uh, talk to enough other coaches and trainers who've been doing it for a long time, who've been training for 5, 10, 15 years and been successful with clients, they'll tell you that you need to have systems, but they've got to be flexible, right? Your training systems have to be flexible daily in your first session framework needs to be flexible to fit different client types, right? The different types of people, the different personalities that you're going to encounter, especially as you first get started as a personal trainer and having something to go off of is going to be helpful. And, you know, the reason that I find this to be so impactful is, you know, at the Axiom Fitness Academy, where we help a lot of individuals get through the NASM certification. Um, although I have taught and worked with other organizations, the NSCA ACE, different personal training curriculum, and many of them teach things like assessments in different ways. But I find that some of that stuff, the application, the implementation, and even just the understanding just clouds up the initial experience for so many people. So we're going to break it down in this video. If you guys are listening to this podcast on audio, um, I'm going to tell you, you should definitely get over to YouTube or watch on Spotify where you can access the video because I do have some slides I'm going to take you guys through. And I know you'll take a lot away from the audio as we break down this three-step process to delivering great first sessions for clients. But I do believe it's going to be helpful to have that visual to go along and solidify some of what we are trying to achieve when it comes to getting clients in for the first time, right? So that's what we're going to assume. We're going to assume we're approaching the situation where someone has not paid to work with you yet. And for many of you guys, if you work in more of a corporate club environment or uh, let's say a membership-based gym, you might be doing intro sessions, strategy sessions, whatever it's called, a taster session, an opportunity to sell that client on training. Um, or on the flip side, if you're in more of a private uh, environment, either way, it's very, very common to give some time, 30 minutes to an hour to get to know the person. And I'm going to encourage you guys, if you have the ability to give more time, because if you think about it, the potential payoff of getting this person to train with you, not for a few weeks, but six months, 12 months, years is big. And so that investment of a little extra time up front is definitely going to pay off. And I say that because some of the stuff that we're going to want to cover, the goals that you really have in this first session, they take a little bit of time, right? They take a little bit of time. You might not have ever met this person before. You might be, uh, you know, trying to get better or new at like really connecting with people early on. So that's just, you know, my, my little aside is don't be afraid to give extra time in this process, but make sure you have that scheduled out because you want to get 
some time with this individual and you want to take them through and probably see them do some things, right? So let's go ahead and dive in. And the first part of this, that's something I want to keep in mind for you guys, because I know you got into personal training and fitness because you love helping people. You're passionate, right? That's the word that we always hear. I've always been that person, but guess what? Passion does not pay the bills. And regardless of why you're getting into training or why you've been training, if you've been doing it for a little while, I find that if we're not successful at something, even monetarily long enough, we're not going to keep doing it. Even if it's fun, right? Maybe you've already, you know, retired very common right now in our industry, which I think is amazing. Second careers, third careers, retirement, getting into fitness and training. Like, ah, oh, I don't really need to make money from it. But I think it's also uh, an indication that you're doing a great job. Uh, you're, you're connecting with people. Um, so just keep in mind, passion doesn't pay the bills. You can be passionate about fitness, right? Walk into your average LA fitness, walk into your average gym, you whatever it is, you're going to see people who are passionate about fitness working out, but they're not training anybody. They're not making any money doing it, right? So keep in mind the passion, it's an important piece of it, but there's some other things that need to come with it. And truthfully, the funny thing about it is aside from being passionate about training, is that if you want clients to truly get results long-term, they need to be committed. And part of that commitment is monetary commitment. They've got to be paying for training. I'm telling you, go out, do an experiment for me if you want. Go offer up free training to a couple of your friends or to a few people um, and tell them, say, hey, you got to stick with this for six months, but I'm going to do it for free. And I mean, you're probably not going to do this. But if you did, see how long they stick with it. Probably not very long. People don't value things that don't require some type of commitment. And I say this because oftentimes in this process of first sessions, aside from the fact that we don't know what to do in that first session to build connection and rapport, there's also an uncomfort with the fact that you're like, oh gosh, I got to sell this person on training. I got to ask for money. Oof, I'm so uncomfortable with it. Um, get over it get over it. And I say that I know it's easier said than done, but one thing that has always helped me is realizing, and it took me time to realize that oftentimes the more people pay, I'm going to steal somebody's quote, the more people pay, the more they pay attention, the more committed they are. So just know that them putting money on the table is actually part of what's going to help themselves. And the more that I think about that, the easier it is to go through this process and build value and really coach them into committing because that's what they need, right? Commitment precedes progress. If they want progress, they've got to commit. And it's part of our job as coaches, not to just deliver results, but what people want from a coach is someone who's going to help them commit when they won't do it for themselves, right? Who's going to help tip them over the edge. Coaching is not always easy, not just in the gym, but like emotionally getting people to move, right? That is selling. That's really what selling is, is getting people to take action towards something that they care about, right? And uh, and obviously there's a monetary exchange, but in the end, everybody ends up better off. I really, really like this uh, this quote here. And this is actually from a great book for many of you guys, if you're in training, if you want to read a book that's about sales, but really about, I would say like people first sales, values, ethics-based sales, not car salesman tactics, but like building connection and rapport to people, and helping coach them into action, then you should read this book, To Sell as Human. And I'm going to read it to you guys in case you can't see the slide. To sell well is to convince someone else to part with resources, not to deprive that person, but to leave him better off in the end, right? Better off in the end from the selling process, all right? So I just want you guys to keep that in mind because I truly believe that when we're looking at first sessions, strategy sessions, intro sessions, getting people to take action is the 
only thing that matters. The only thing that matters. And I'm not saying we want to do it with, you know, sleazy tactics or trick anybody or use fear or, or guilt to push them into doing anything. Um, but it's the only thing that, that actually matters, getting them to take action. And it's not an easy process, not an easy process. This is a little smaller slide. If you guys are watching, I'm actually going to blow it up for you so you guys can see it a little bit bigger. But this is actually uh, a little screenshot that I took from uh, Alex Hormozzi's book um, recently, $100 million offers. Just one little page that I thought was relevant for you guys just to understand that like when people take action towards buying training or working with you as a personal trainer, it's not always an easy sell, right? Like in our minds, you're wondering like why in the world would they not throw down money to work with me? I'm amazing. I'm going to give them everything they need. I'm going to be their guide, their nutrition, all these things you're going to do for them. But the truth is, People buy what they want, not what they need. And when you look at the other things that they're battling, for example, I love this little comparison of, uh, you know, getting like plastic surgery, um, getting liposuction or tummy tuck, you know, all the things that are going to, that, uh, you know, like what it's going to take. It's a very short list, right? It's a high, it's a high pay. It's high. They got to, you know, commit a lot of money, but they only got to do a little bit versus all the things they got to do for fitness. And so just keep that in mind when you think about all the things people are weighing out and also how you approach your first sessions right? Like what you want someone to know versus what they're interested in. Like, it's a very tough thing. I look back as a new coach and this is definitely a huge mistake. I had to have been making every single day with people is I was so passionate about health and fitness and training that I wanted everyone to have the knowledge that I had. And I, you know, I look back and that probably hurt me a lot, especially in getting people to take action. Or even if I got them to take action in that first session, sign up and train with me, maybe to keep them in the fold. Um, so keep in mind, right? People buy what they want, not what they need. Thankfully, I think if you're a great coach and a great trainer, like you're going to be, the fact that you're watching this podcast tells me you're going to separate yourself from the pact is you can do both. You can do both, but you also have to be patient about like, what do I really need to do right now? And especially when it comes to day one type stuff, what am I trying to get them to do? And I'm not going to go deep on this, but you know, I think oftentimes there's a lack of understanding of like what sales is and just moving people towards taking action. Again, that's what I think sales really is for us as trainers, moving people towards action. And so for those who are watching the video, I just have a little image up here on like what I call like our fitness sales cycle. You know, there's the prospecting component, contacting and qualifying leads, then uncovering needs and wants, coaching and commitment, and then close or follow up. And we're going to cover a little bit of that in our framework today, mostly on the uncovering wants and needs, coaching and commitment, and then close or follow up. But at the center of this, the reason I wanted to show this image, at the center of this sales process, at the center of this coaching process, at the center of our first session framework, getting people to take action is relationship building and rapport relationship building and rapport is number one, your biggest priority, right? Uh, and if you look at, I have up here too, a couple of priorities, but really I say establishing rapport that could also be establishing trust, maybe expertise. You have clients who may be coming in for slightly different reasons, and that takes a little time to really hone in on some of those things. Um, but either way, I think rapport is at the center of it. Now, keep in mind, rapport isn't always just that they like you. People might not, people might like you, but they might not trust you, right? They might not trust, maybe better yet, they might not trust that you're the person to help them. They're like, man, I really like this Joe. He's a nice guy, but I don't know. I'm not sure that he really knows his stuff well enough to work with me, right? So I just say that I want you guys to differentiate. There is liking, but 
rapport, trust, and expertise, kind of this combination of those three. And they may be in different priorities for different people, but that's probably your number one priority, right? And that is obviously a very question-based approach, which we'll talk through. Um, and, and it takes time, right? I mean, you got like this first hour, this person's coming in, they might already be nervous. And uh, you got this first hour, not even hour, let's call it, you get the first 10 minutes to start really building rapport and connecting with this person. And that's going to lead into a great first session. Um, and then how much you may need to establish expertise, right? People are coming and they just want to know, like, do I not just like this person, but do I trust them? Do I feel like they understand that they see me? They understand my goals and needs. And do I feel like they could get me there? Like they've done this with other people, right? So that's number one. And then from that too, obviously the second piece, kind of the end is going to be creating buy-in. And I say buy-in is commitment because they might, you know, have rapport with you, but they're just not bought into the process and the program yet. So just keep in mind, as we approach these three steps in our framework, these are the things that we're trying to accomplish. And hopefully even now, as we're kind of in the video, we're already seeing like, all right, like no wonder this is such an important first step, understanding this first session experience, because there really is a lot that we're trying to accomplish. And I, to me, it makes sense why I wasn't great at it as a new trainer, right? Like I did not have a high closing percentage. I was very likable, very fit, like fit all the, the, the molds. I was, you know, I was 18 when I first got certified. Thankfully I was okay with failing and not having a great closing percentage because I had no bills and responsibilities. You know, some of you guys might be at different places. And so every person that comes in, right. I feel like we fail them. We're failing them if we don't get them to take action because they're already through the door, right? Like literally the hardest part. You know, so we'll cover this in our three-step framework, but I put this up because this is oftentimes a question like, Joe, what about assessments? I'm going to say maybe, maybe in the first session. And there's some reasons why I say maybe, and we'll get to that too. So potentially, because obviously you learn about a lot of assessments, even in our NASM courses with uh, Axiom, we teach assessments, but we also teach a lot about when and when not to use them in day one. So let's jump into our actual framework. Step number one in the framework is what I call connect and collect. And I'm going to try to use C's, right? We got these this little C theme throughout the audio and the video to try to make it easy for you guys to remember. But the first part, connect and collect. And I have some times associated with this as well just to help you guys. Um, it's going to be a range, right? Some of this comes into reading the person in front of you, as well as the energy in the room, and maybe any specific. Some of you guys might be at facilities where you need to do certain things, right? They have specific assessment protocols they want you to do. Obviously, you got to fit that into this framework, right? That's the place that you're working. But if not, either way, you have some wiggle room, 10 to 20 minutes, connect and collect. First part of that, let's dive into connect. I think connect is really where we're looking at that rapport piece. And part of that even starts with the environment when they first come in, right? When they first come in, are you guys in a, uh, like a real small kind of stuffy office, like sitting across from a desk from one another. And it's very like white and sterile, um, to me immediately. I'm like, ah, oh, this is not a great place for me to connect and like, just get to know this person and ask questions in my perfect world. It doesn't always you know work out that way. I would love to have this person come in to the gym. Um, either a one of two times, either the time that they're normally going to work out because I like to start solidifying that or at a time that's a little bit quieter because I do just want to have time for them. And, uh, you know, and a reason I, if, I, if at all possible, I like a, a slightly quieter time because I would love to be like, Hey, like out in the gym, open space, maybe like I got two benches or two boxes set up where we can just have some conversation. I like that. 
because I like the open environment. You know, some of that blends into my personality, very friendly, making people feel comfortable. Um, but again, you got to think about that. Either way, I do think you want to think about the environments when they first come in, where you're going to connect because it will have a big impact. And then from that, that's going to be the process. I say connect and collect. This is where we obviously do want to get, you know, we want, we're fitness professionals, we're personal trainers, we're not fly by night. Um, you know, individuals that aren't taking waivers and information. So we definitely want to get some health history questionnaire information, PARQ, all the things that you probably learned about in your certification. Hopefully you're doing them. If you're at a, you know, a larger corporate gym or a gym that has these processes set up, hopefully many, you know, should have these set up for you. We're already taking some of these forms in, in a perfect world. And again, we know we don't live in a perfect world in a perfect world. I actually have some of this stuff coming ahead of time, right? Like I would love to actually have them fill out some forms, maybe even answer these questions that I just brought up on the screen for me prior to getting in for that first session, all right? And I call this, this is kind of like a secret weapon. If you can get, as we're thinking about this process of connect and collect, I already know, like I got an hour with someone, it's going to go by quick. The more prepared I can come in, knowing a little bit about them, right? Not just their goals, but their personality, like knowing some deeper things about them, the more I can cater my session to them, right? Like I want to repeat that for a second. The more prepared I am coming in with information about the client, the more prepared I can be for that first session. I can deliver on an experience that already speaks to them. Like think about that. That's a great first experience. And so if I can, in addition to any like medical park you health history questionnaire like detailed stuff i'd love for them to have some time to fill that out ahead of time if at all possible but what i'd also love is i would really love to get answers to these five questions and this could happen in a number of ways let me change my view one more time for you guys boom right there um this could happen on a phone call this could happen on a video call this could happen with them just like popping by the gym to meet you and have kind of a little meet and greet where you ask a few questions, um, either way. And, and if it doesn't, you can still do it in the session. It's just these five questions, but if I can get them ahead of time, I love it even better because of how much I can prepare. All right. So first off is what do you want to achieve? And there's a lot of ways we can ask that. What are your goals, right? Whatever it is, but I like that. Like, what do you want to achieve? Like, what are you looking to get out of your training? You know, you, you close your eyes, you open them up six months from now, and you're just blown away, excited about where you are. What does that look like? Right. And I want to get specific there. And obviously we can dive in. I'm just going to give you guys the questions, knowing that you're probably going to want to dive in and find out more about these. If they've given me some responses ahead of time, when we get together on that first hour, I'm going to make sure that I kind of bring these back to them and I say, Hey, these five questions I asked you, I just want to make sure I'm on point with it. Like, this is what you said. So one thing they're showing, we're already showing like, Hey, I'm a pro I'm prepared. I'm thinking about you. And I think that goes a long way. And it helps us get better insight. Like, what are they looking for, right? And, and that's going to help me cater my session. And think about the two differences here in information. If someone comes in and they're like, oh, gosh, you know what? Like, I'm just, I would love to be comfortable in the gym. Like, I've just never really been into working out. And I know, like, I need to be strength training. But uh, every time I try to go into the weight room, like, I just walk out because I feel uncomfortable. I feel unconfident. I don't know what I'm doing. And so, okay, cool. If that's the response, I'm going to make sure that I make this person so comfortable um, on day one, like just make sure they don't feel like an outsider at all. Like make sure that it's a great fit for them. Um, all those things versus someone who, 
I'm going to take great care of them versus someone who comes in like, you know what? I've been training for like 10 years and I'm just bored of what I'm doing. You know, I haven't been getting any results for a while. Nothing's changed. Um, you know, so I want to come in, I want to have fun working out again. I'd love to try and do some new things. Like maybe they're like, they want to get into a certain exercise. I don't know, whatever it is. And, uh, and so, all right, cool. Like now my first session, I'm still not going to kill them because that's never appropriate, but I'm going to make sure I do something that speaks to what they said, right? That they have some fun in the gym. They do something maybe they've never tried before because all those things, whatever the answer is, like, what do you want to achieve? I want to make sure that in session one, I'm adding value to that, not just adding value, but specifically to that. And that's going to go a long way. All right now, number two, why is this important to you and why right now, right? Partially the why is this important to you because oftentimes if it's a weight loss goal, it doesn't have a strong meaning. And so it allows us to dive deeper into like, what does this really mean to you? Like why five pounds? Why not 10? Why not 20? Um, and then also why right now? Because we might, that might cue us into something in their life that has happened or is happening that is more time driven. You know, so we start to get a sense of like, is there a time bound element to this, right? So either way, we have already probably uncovered a ton of stuff with just those two questions if we're doing a good job with follow-up, right? Hopefully this is helpful for you guys right now. Um, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, if you guys, uh, you know, are, are watching this on Spotify, wherever you are, make sure you guys like and subscribe to the podcast and feel free. Um, if you're on YouTube, hit me with a like right now, you know, hit me with any comments, questions, whatever you guys got. I hope this stuff is helpful for you. Um, and then number three, this piece, I really like what is holding you back from doing it on your own? Like, why do you need me? Right? Like, what are you coming to me for? Cause I think that helps us identify a couple of things, either a, like if they have any big knowledge gaps, confidence gaps, um, they're not motivated on their own. They need to be held accountable to someone else. They need to know there's an appointment on the calendar. Like they can open up a lot of great things to make sure you really understand, you know, what they're looking for. And that blends well into our fourth question was like, what do you expect from a coach or trainer? right? Like, what do you expect from me? Uh, because I think that's a big one, not only because I want to make sure I speak to that, right? You know, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm looking for someone who's going to take care of me. You know, I want to come into the gym, but I don't want to get hurt. So I want to, I'm looking for someone who really knows what they're doing and they can help me get in shape while working around my injuries, right? Okay, cool. I'm going to make sure on our first session that I showcase my knowledge of their injuries, right? I'm specifically going to do that because they spoke to it already. Um, and on the flip side, it also really helps to set expectations up front for someone. If they're looking for somebody who's going to text them every morning when they wake up and who's going to look at their food every day and who's going to, you know, whatever it is, maybe you find out like their expectations might not really be what you deliver. Right. You know, so I think it's a great opportunity to set the stage up front for anything else. And I think most people really like and respect that. So a lot of great stuff. What do you need from a coach and trainer? Because that can give me some great insight on what type of coach and trainer I need to be for you because I can shift a little bit based upon the person. And then the last one, this is going to come up in part three of our framework. What's your ideal training schedule, right? Like specifically in a perfect world, if you could commit to training two or three days a week at this time for not the next few months, but the next few years, what time would it be? I want to know because two things, I don't want to set someone up with a, a time that they just never were going to stick with anyways, like someone who's a nighttime person, but the only time I can train them is 5am and they commit to it, but they just can't stick with it. I don't want that. I want to set them up for success. Um, and I also, I want to already have them in my calendar, right? So if I know ahead of time from that first session, what their ideal training schedule is, you know, especially if they're a good fit, then by the time we're done, as we get into step three, I'm going to skip ahead for you. Part three is part of what we call the calendar close. And I'm going to already have them in my calendar, right? Um, just to remove that barrier of the schedule. So either way, these five questions, super powerful in a perfect world. I would love to have them answered 
ahead of time, right? So I already have some insight into what's going on. So either way, again, if I have that, then when it comes to the connect and collect, I can focus on getting, maybe I'm going to do some body comp measurements, maybe some, you know, some resting stuff, whatever it might be. If you're at a facility that may have protocols for this, I'll tell you guys my quick and dirty. Um, I think you, you really want to think about which of those you do on day one based on how well you know that person already, right? If they haven't signed up to train with you yet, is knowing their body fat going to motivate them into it? Or should that be something that you wait until week one, right? Like maybe their first couple of sessions to do some of those things. Um, I just think there's some strategy inside of that. And so for me, oftentimes I'm not doing some of those things on day one because they haven't signed up to train with me yet. And if, and when they do, then we're going to work together to find the measurables that we're going to track over time and knowing their body comp on today, I'm not going to negative sell them on their body composition. It's not my style, right? Someone's a little, you know, overweight, like they know that coming in. So just some things to think about, but either way, that period of time, connect and collect. And I think at about 20 to 25 minutes would be max, right? I say 10 to 20 minutes here. We really want to be moving into this next phase. Um, and this can look quite a few different ways, but the reason I say 20, 25 minutes, some of you guys are conversationalists, right? Some of you are, that's a really great, uh, a skill set of yours, or you just might find with this client, like, wow, they really, we just need more connect time. And that's really what's going to help move them over the edge. Read the person in front of you. There's definitely a skill to that. Um, and you'll, uh, you know, you'll be better off. So hopefully we've gotten our secret weapon questions in ahead of time. If not, we're going to do them then. And then we're moving on to step two in the framework. All right. Coach check out and communicate 25 to 35 minutes. If we're looking at this hour long session, and I truly believe and this is maybe a little bit of part of my personality, but I think for a lot of coaches and trainers, many times we're comfortable once we're out on the gym floor. And one thing that you want to do is you want to lead with what you do best in your first session, because whatever you do best as a coach and trainer, whatever you're most confident in, you're going to sell the best. It's going to come across the best. It's going to help you build rapport the best by doing those things. And I think part of that, oftentimes people are under, they're looking for in that first session, like, what does it feel like to be coached by Joe? You know, like, what is this experience? What's this relationship going to look like? And how does that relate to my rapport and my trust in them and my buy-in to how they train clients? And so I think getting out and doing some things um, is important. And if you talk to most coaches and trainers, you go follow, you go do these things, go do a first session with someone who's been doing it a long time. Chances are they're going to be doing some things. They're going to get you out on the floor. And this is where it may vary, you know, for you and also the place that you're in, what that looks like. I believe it should definitely be low to moderate intensity, right? It's the first session. You want to think about like, what do I want to see this person do? So if I start training them tomorrow, I feel good about it, right? And that's where maybe it's assessments, right? Maybe you're doing some formal assessments, some FMS, some overhead squat, whatever it is you might've been trained in. That's not this video and audio. Um, but again, I think if you're good at it, right? If you're good at it, if you're not great at it, then maybe keep practicing and wait until you're a little better because you really want to lead with what you feel most confident in, right? Because in this process of coaching them through something, right, you're checking things out. You're looking for things, right? We do want to make sure that we are scanning for issues with movement and, you know, uh, how they react to the exercises. Do they take coaching cues very well? Like we're looking for like coach, you know, coaching coordination. Um, are they a, a good mover? All these things you can pick up on. You can obviously do them with formalized assessments, but over time, oftentimes you can do them as well by taking them through what might look like 
kind of your basic warm up process. Have them do some light movements. Maybe you have them go through like some basic versions of squat, push, pull, hinge, lunge, whatever, however you categorize movements. That can give you a lot of info. And the nice thing about that is oftentimes it gives them an opportunity to be coached by you, which I truly believe oftentimes is what they're looking for and they're buying. Right. So we're coaching, we're checking out. I say check out. I didn't want to put assessment in here. First off, it's not a C word. And I think the checkout gives us wiggle room. Is it a formal assessment or do I have them doing some movement and I'm checking things out? And maybe I decide that after, you know, this first session, maybe when we start training, I'm going to dive into some more formal assessments um, because I want to track some of that stuff. Totally valid. Amazing. But I'm just telling you, it doesn't have to come in the first session. You have my permission. And then communicate. And the reason I mentioned doing what you're most confident in is because I think you also want to be coaching and checking out and doing things that you feel comfortable communicating to the person like, hey, this is what I'm looking at. This is what I see. I think that's that's a good indication of whether or not you should be doing it yet. If you can't do that, then maybe wait until you're a little bit better, right? Try to lead with those things, get some more practice in. Um, and obviously it just takes time, right? So it's not going to be perfect, but I do believe most clients, it will elevate the trust in your expertise and your knowledge. If you're able to kind of connect and communicate to them, like what we're doing and why, you know, first off, they see there's a process to what's happening and that alone can build massive confidence, especially with a lot of the people that are going to be buying training, right? These people, like maybe they've worked with trainers in the past, maybe they're business owners, whatever it is, like you can elevate that, you know, that relationship by being more, more well-prepared. So either way, part two of our framework, coach, check out, communicate. This can look flexible, but this is maybe the out on the gym floor stuff, which I find is a great way to get them to feel like, okay, wow, this is what it's going to feel like. Uh, do I like this? Do I want to continue to do this? 25 to 35 minutes probably about is what it's going to take. Uh, because again, we're not trying to kill them with a workout, but just give them a little taste. And also again, see them do enough that I could coach them tomorrow. Because I'm telling you guys, in your mind, you got to be coming into it with that mindset that like they're going to start training with you immediately. That's what I'm doing, right? And I'll even tell them that. I'm like, I'm already assuming we're starting tomorrow. And so I want to see enough that I feel really good about, bam, okay, cool. I've done this before. I see what's happening here. This is the exercise we're going to do. And so we're already thinking about training. That's the, the different psychology rather than doing the assessments day one. For a lot of people, the assessments can break them down. And that's not a big motivator. We're not building them up. We're not exciting them about training with the assessments, but we can still do the assessments once we've gotten the commitment. And then moving into part three, guys, craft a plan and calendar close. And I put 10 to 15 minutes on here. It's very easy to rush this piece. And you've done so much in the gym. Like you've got another client coming in and you're like, oh, okay, I'll follow up with you, right? We want to make sure we've got plenty of time at the end to talk about the plan. All right, cool. Awesome. Like based upon all the conversation you had before, what you saw during your session, right? What you've done in the past. Like, I think this is what's going to be best for you. Um, and I say craft a plan together, you know, cause they've already talked about their schedule. Um, I'm going to make some recommendations. I really think at this phase, people are looking for a coach to guide, right? They're looking for you to help tell them where to go. And I think this is the area where you got to be confident in the fact that like, you're ready to help a lot of people. By the time you're watching this video, you're listening to this audio, you're certified, you're coaching training, you have a lot to offer people. Don't forget that. And most people are looking for coaches who can help guide them. And part of that is making the recommendation of a plan. For me, I'm always likely to recommend appropriate, not oversell it, maybe even less, you know? So if someone comes in and they're like, oh man, I want to train four times a week with you. And I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. You haven't been doing anything for a little while. 
and you might get sick of me. So like, why don't we start with three times a week or vice versa? They're like, oh, I'm going to do three times a week. I say, all right, cool. Well, like right now with my schedule, I think what's best is like for the first two weeks, let's just get you in twice and let's see how your body feels, right? Like uh, I want to think about you long-term. And I think people really like that. They buy into that. You're thinking the long-term, not just the short-term sale. Uh, you know, cause we can always add in, but it's hard to take back, right? It's hard to take back and it's demotivating. It's motivating to add in. I'd rather start with two or three and then scale up instead of starting with three or four and have to scale back. Like so many people might have to do. Um, but either way, we're crafting a plan. We're talking about it. You know, we're giving them some insight into like, Hey, this is how I see our sessions going. We kind of did a little movement. That's kind of what our warmups will be like. You know, we're going to slowly ramp up, you know, we're working out twice a week. It's going to be more of a full body training approach. I've definitely found that's the most effective from working with clients in the past. You know, I saw you do this, 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 like, I'm really excited about being able to do these exercises. Again, we're trying to show them that you have a plan already. You're already seeing into the future of what the training is going to look like for them. And it fits what they're looking for, right? Like you've, you've answered some of the questions or taken their questions before about the type of training style. You know, they want to have fun in the gym. Like, all right, we're going to try. We're going to throw in some new exercises. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know, some things we're going to progress consistently, but I'm going to continue to kind of challenge you with some new stuff. So you're using language that's specific to them. And then the piece that I already mentioned that comes in here as well, calendar close, right? You already know what day and times that they think they can train. And uh, again, you're kind of finishing off after you've gone through, maybe you've done this cool down, you're having this conversation and you say, all right, cool. Like I, I have you in already. I know you talked about Tuesdays and Thursdays um, and I, I have you in for Tuesday of next week. How's that sound? And then pause, right? I'm not asking them what package they want to sign up for. Do you want to do the two session, the four session? I'm getting commitment on the calendar first. People don't want to go back on their commitments. And I think they need someone. Not I think. I know they need someone to push them into it, right? And I just took away the schedule thing. So don't give me excuses, right? You're committed. And you got to go about it with that mentality. I'm telling you, people want someone to help move them along. And that calendar closed, surprisingly, since I started doing it years ago, very, very powerful. Very powerful. They're already in there. Maybe they've already gotten an appointment reminder because I sent it in. They're like, holy cow, this Joe guy is serious. Like, I'm already in the schedule. I haven't even said yes yet. Um, but just assume that they're training with you and then deal with everything else afterwards, right? So three-part framework, guys. I just want to quickly go back for you so you guys can see that. Um, and see these three together, right? First, connect and collect. And you can organize. The idea behind this framework is that's meant to be flexible, guys. So for you, make these three headings on a piece of paper. Connect and collect, number one. All right, I got 10 to 20 minutes. Let me prioritize what I'm going to do. A couple things that are going to happen. The questions I'm going to ask. This is how you can use this to build your own process, not just mine, right? Not just mine, right? I gave you guys our secret weapon questions. Two, Coach, check out and communicate. If I got 25 to 35 minutes to get them out on the floor and start to do some things, again, prioritize. What is that going to look like? Not only what are you best at, right? What's going to be kind of your consistent process, but then where might you also customize it a little bit to the person that you have coming in based upon how they answer these questions, right? I'm telling you guys, we're already making a killer first session for this person. And then number three, craft a plan and calendar close. Right. Make sure we finish off by getting clear on what the plan should look like, how frequently they should be training, um, and then when they're starting with you. And the only piece that might be missing from this, and this, if if trainers do well, if they do great in their first session, the reality is, is sometimes people still might be like, ah, "I got to think about it. I got to talk to someone, um, or I'm going to get back to you." Whatever it is. And the key to this is that most people, and it's not just personal trainers, right? If you look at sales across all industries, follow up is very, very poor 
but the magic is in the follow-up guys. And honestly, I think part of our role as coaches is to follow up for clients. They need someone who believes in them more than they believe in themselves. And the reality is, is life does just get in the way sometimes, right? So bonus step here. It's not part of our three-part framework, but savage. I say freaking savage follow-up forever, forever. Like I'm following up until somebody gives me the finger, right? And it sounds crazy, but I just know, I know people need it. And for me, I have the benefit. I've had some scenarios where I've just stayed connected to people. We had a great first session and for whatever reason, it didn't work out. Um, maybe it was monetarily, maybe it was me. I don't even know, but I just followed up like every other month for months. And I'm telling you multiple times after like three months, six months, 18 months, I had someone finally say, Joe, I'm so happy you kept following up with me because it's just something that I wanted in my life. And I just kept making excuses, but you were there and you believed in me. And I know that's what people need from us guys. They need a coach who believes in them who's going to follow up with them and who's going to make them, you know, they're going to make it happen. They're going to make it happen. They're going to help them get over it and do things for themselves when they wouldn't do it for themselves, but because someone else is there, believes in them, sees something in them. It's powerful. And I want to end off with that because I think that for many of you guys, for me, I think about coaching training. I think about some of the people who had a big impact on me in my life. Um, I didn't always love them. And somehow they drew something out of me that I didn't see. It wasn't there. I didn't know it was there yet until they came into my life. And I think there's an element of coaching and personal training that like, that's part of our responsibility. We all have different personalities. You don't have to be a cheerleader. You don't have to yell. Right. But I think the easy things are things like follow up, connecting with people that way. Um, because man, the opportunity to change people's lives, we don't want to waste that. And I truly believe the value in these first sessions is so high because if we can get them through the door, guys, if we can get them through the door, that's the hardest part. And really from there, we can only screw it up, right? Um, and I think oftentimes where it goes wrong is just not having a great process. So I hope you guys take some time, your action item from this, whether you've watched the video or you're listening on audio. If you're listening on audio, you might want to go back and check out some of the slides just because it's helpful to solidify. But take these steps, right? Think about them. Maybe take some time and write out what you yourself want to plan on doing in relation to these three pieces. Number one priority, guys, keep in mind, is building rapport, connection, trust, expertise when someone starts working with you in that first session. And then from that, we need them to take action. Everything else can wait. Performance assessments can wait. Overhead squats can wait. Only do them if you feel, if you're confident, it's going to move that person into taking action because that is the only thing that matters. The only thing that matters. All your knowledge, all your passion, it all goes to waste if they don't train with you. And that's not what I want. I want you guys to have successful careers as coaches and trainers. I want you guys to have successful careers changing lives because I know that's exactly why you got into this industry. So three-part framework, put it to use, guys. And I hope to see you guys in our next video or audio. And if you guys are listening to this on audio, just know that we are available on Google. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And if you guys got some value in this, share this with someone else who's a coach and trainer and make sure that you guys like and subscribe so we can continue to help more people succeed inside the fitness industry.